Dyslexia. How do you face it? How do you become a stronger person? Hello everybody, welcome, welcome. We have got very dear Kate Edwards come along today. Thank you so much for coming. My absolute pleasure. I'm really delighted you're here. I'm brave, but I actually think it's a good thing to face. Yeah. And take ownership too. Oh, and everyone, um, Kate and I have had many conversations and I'm so excited to share that with everybody because I think that everyone's going to, you know, this is going to broaden the world, isn't it, when we can get in and understand someone's personal story in an area that's so relevant so frequent and it's raw and it's hard and it's challenging and without support it's yeah and everyone we're talking about dyslexia here of course Mm. yeah so okay let's get started what is dyslexia um in my there's many forms i think but um with my form it was in form of writing and actually interpreting and spelling and um, communication with in the written form was a challenge um, and learning was extremely tough because of the reading and um, just getting through school as well yeah. uh, so um, you know can, can you help me out here if I was to jump into your brain what happens what actually? What if you, can you put language around what actually happens for you when you have you're faced with writing and reading and um, reading? You go into absolute shutdown. Um, you actually anxiety, terror, terror. Anxiety, anxiety, and um, you're looking at a page and you're trying to pronounce the words. If um, someone asks, if you're trying to work, find a word to spell a word. In many years ago, when we were you know, learning at school, we someone would say, "Well, just look up the dictionary." Um, in those times, you look up a dictionary. You didn't. It could be a C, a K. You know, if yeah. you couldn't spell it, how could you find it? Absolutely. And, but now, with the technology, with the apps, you can actually um, hit the voice and actually yeah. can find the word for you. You can find the meaning of the word and make sure you've got the right word. But before then, you were made to feel totally inadequate a fool um the word dumb or you know it was just horrendous were, were there other words um was dumb the main one uh well you felt inadequate yeah you felt um inferior you felt that you um you laughed at. It's horrible for a um, child. A child who's trying to build yeah. their confidence and to find their place in the world. Yeah. That is a horrible environment. Yeah. Well, I remember grade one at a, a, was a school and it was just, I just crumbled and my sister was taken away from the school and we were sent to another school. So I felt guilty that she was always there to support me. But in grade one and two, I had a teacher who was, trying to do the right thing but I was kept in at lunchtime and to try and help me but grade one and two I was given minus you know mm. and it was just I enjoyed stories but to actually write them you would sometimes try and write but you'd actually read back what wasn't there because you knew in your head what was meant to be there mm. or um, to um, the next 
few years I had an extraordinary teacher who um, she knew I was able to retain the knowledge mm. but I couldn't write it I couldn't mm. the script couldn't there, come there so she would test me verbally yeah. but then I was made to feel that I was being you know a pet or a special because I was actually at the front of the class everyone was doing a written test but you know I was okay with the verbal but not with the written and she could see that you were She bright. could see it, and but that was a different... I mean, teachers in those times, I don't think, had the knowledge. Mm. So one, everyone tried to do the right thing, but, you know, they weren't taught in those mm. times to actually understand that there was issues, I don't think. And, you know, it's a big deal for a five- and six-year-old to come into the school setting. You know, that's venturing out of the home, into the, into the school, into the world... And reading and writing is the foundation of schooling. It is. And it so is. that would have been a pretty harsh introduction. What What did you think of schooling when you were little? I hated it. I didn't want to go back. To what degree did you hate Um, it? I used to cry. I said, you know, I'd rather try and learn at home. Um, but my mother and I had an extraordinary neighbour who was also in education and she would support my mother too. Um, and they tried, you know, I went to speech therapy. I also went and had an audio test to see if it was my hearing and then I mm. said to have eye test to see whether there was, you know, every avenue was, you know, explored. But it was just... So was there not knowledge of dyslexia at that not, point? No, there wasn't. So do you mind me asking how old you are, what sort of time frame we're talking about? Yeah, here? I'm 63, so it was um, when I was five. So yeah. that's... And it kept going the whole way through school, even to... Um, you know, to numbers were good. Um, I was okay with numbers, but really, yeah. But I also um, eventually, I got an. You know, English was pretty challenging, but I had to. I went. I did nursing, so I think I had to get. It was with grades of you know, from one to seven. So we had to get an average of four. Right. So four for English, four for maths, and so I did nursing, which I was really excited to do. But um, to to actually, it was madness, but I had an amazing um, person that I met because she was my neighbour in the room next to me when we went to prelim. And f to pronounce pharmacology, anatomy, um, it was just, I couldn't pro even pronounce the words yeah. because they were too um, extraordinary. So she would pronounce the words, then my memory had to kick in to actually learn by rote. So right learning, yeah. Right learning, mm. which was, yeah. Very challenging. It was really challenging. Very pressured. Yeah. So back to being a kid, um, how... So, so basically the world didn't understand you? Not really, no. With what was going on? No. They tried. They tried, but... Um, and I with, you know, um, at school until it was, you know... My mother, if I had an assignment... I would actually talk to her. Um, she would write down what I was saying and then I would write it. So trying to get me to actually write and actually get the stories down. And So some people would say that was a form of cheating but it was actually trying to educate and get my brain into a patterning as that well. Wasn't you, that was her uh, literally S scribing, scribing what you me. wrote yep, and then absolutely. you copied what she had written so Which you was practiced my words. writing. Yep. I think that's pretty clever. Well, that was the way... I coped, but I mean, it, yeah, 
I mean, at school, then you actually, when you tested in school, mm. and they could see and compare what you were writing at school, and then homework was a, a different thing. So, mm. yeah, that was probably, I don't know whether that was seen to be on par or, yeah, anyway. So. Wow. Well, these mm. days, you know, people with um, special educational needs. They well and truly get lots of supports they in all do. sorts of creative yeah. ways, yeah. which is what I your would, mother was ahead of her time. Yeah, but I actually also too, um, I would hate writing to people I didn't know, because I would and I would be, um, I'd worry that I'd be laughed at or um, embarrassed or embarrass the family or you know, that seemed to be. Um, um, literate, Ill- illiterate, basically. Illiterate, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, and tell me about the impact on you with your confidence. Um, like, with those, were there other areas that you thrived at and that helped you, or...? Well, sport, I suppose. Um, I mean, frustration was another thing. I mean, I used to... I suppose I was a bit angry and a bit... Um, well, you're a kid. Yeah, yeah. So... Um, Sport, actually, what was... Um, yeah, other strengths, maybe yeah, music or art. No, not, definitely not music. My sister was incredibly musical, so... <laughs> and I used to love listening her to her music. She used to okay. play fiddle and piano. That was her thing. That was her thing. Um, my thing, I was a volleyballer and softballer. I mean, I used to, yeah, loved softball and volleyball and sure. contact, but I still, still remember I was told that um, in the beginning... Mind, hand, mind. Um, coordination. Coordination was not good either. Right. Okay. And I still remember. I, got, I don't know. Years later, Mum said, "You know, Janie came. My, my sister came home, and she said she caught the ball, and it was just, you know, it was probably grade three or four, and it was probably the first time that it just the, the you know, mind, eye, coordination. Yep. Yep. So it's actually. That I don't know whether that was part of the dyslexia as well, but I, with nursing, what terrified me, um, especially was taking results on the phone, you mm. know, um, pathology results, because I just didn't want to get it wrong, and I with numbers, so yeah. um, that was probably I was seventeen. So people, someone suggested um, spelt, which was. Um, set up with people for learning disabilities so I went to see them and I said you know I don't know whether I have dyslexia or or not but I'm absolutely terrified and so they put me through tests and um they said well you you do have it right but it's not you know if you could see other um people with dyslexia. Dyslexia some are a lot worse. Mm, More severe. More severe Mm. but then you know just tools they gave me what you know were they helpful they were well just with numbers they said well you know for taking numbers you actually say for them to repeat it Mm -hmm. but you actually say oh sorry the pencil's broken or my pen's ink's run out (laughs) really the strategy was strategy yeah yeah so then they'd actually use um for thousands and write th or you know 100 yeah hun so that i could actually put a number, break it down, and then I would block it off. So I'd put a number, so um, 70,000, I'd put 7, 70 and TH, and then I'd actually make sure that I'd block the numbers off. 
so that I actually made sure I could see, the, you know, seven o, and then the rest of the following numbers, wow. and make sure. And then they'd say, "I'll repeat it." I said, "No, no, I'll repeat it back to you to make sure that I had got it, it right. I had it correct." Do you know what really strikes me? The amount of um, effort, compensatory effort that you needed to put in throughout this time to keep your head above water and to stay on track with what you were trying to achieve, and and the fact that people probably didn't realise how much effort you were putting in. You know, it might take someone else thirty percent of effort. It takes you maybe ninety percent of effort, and it's the same outcome. Mm. You know, that's quite extraordinary. Well, I didn't realise that I was putting in so much effort. Well, it's normal to you, right? Well, it had to be normal because that's the only way. It was like a duck, you know, paddling underwater. And that's the way I survived. I really... um, It was something I wanted to do, but I suppose um, my father died when I was in first year of nursing. So I continued doing it. But I found it pretty stressful. But without the support of this extraordinary friend, um, I wouldn't have survived. Even um, it was extraordinary. When I graduated, my mother said to me, she wrote a card and she said, I didn't think you'd do this. Please don't say anything. I will cry. But for her, I never saw her cry. So um, it was just... There's a bit of a theme here. You know, you had a really great second lot of teacher after grade two. Mm. Then you had a really great neighbour. Then you had your mum who would come and sit mm. aside, beside you and be your scribe. Then you had this really dear friend. Mm. It sounds like you've had a lot of love and a lot of support as a scaffolding. I have, And that's yeah. been crucial for you. Yeah. It has been crucial because if I didn't, you know, I could have landed anywhere, basically. I could have, you know, I could have been... <laughs> Some people, it also, some people say, you know, that I also, you know, had a gallery as well. So Had what, sorry? An art gallery, a craft gallery, yeah. and it was a passion that um, I followed to support artists to... So your career has been, it's, this is a great area to get into, so your career has been art and art galleries and being the curator and the business owner, is that right? It is. And having different, you've had... A, Two different stores, maybe more, I don't know. Um, um, different places. Different galleries. Um, yeah, same name, different places. But, I mean, right. there's other things in between that that to actually get to that stage. Of course, but, yeah. Um, yeah, it was just, I suppose, a passion that I actually wanted to follow, something that I was interested in. But I had, at school, we actually didn't, I didn't study art either. Right. But um, I suppose I was exposed to it by my parents, but... Um, and I also, when I was um, growing up, I was exposed to sewing or copper enamelling or weaving and showing the process. Different craft forms. Yeah, different yeah. craft forms because my sister was in one direction. She has no interest or passion in that direction. So I suppose I was incredibly lucky that my parents found something that I was also capable of doing that, you know, excited me and colour and design and... So yeah. you found your thing. Well, you I did found find your passion. It. I did wonderful. find it. But then I suppose I was lucky to travel and I would find and go to the factories, you know, in Europe 
you know, the tapestry in yeah. Madrid or in Ireland. So the, you dug deep, hey? You got well, I did because I wonderful. thought, you know, the, that's where it begins and that's mm. where you see the talent. And the, the in, in Ireland, the glass blowing and the engraving. So, 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 Kate, would you go so far as to say you had a strength in this area? I would never say that. <laughs> really? You're sounding like you really went hard with going and getting to the roots well, of the artist. Interest, yeah, I was interested. I mean, it was something But do you have the capacity of saying, I'm actually good at this? Uh, not really. No. There you go. <laughs> there you go. So maybe no, you spent so much time in your life being the underdog that you're not very good at saying, I'm actually pretty good here. No, I'm not very good at saying There that you go. All. So you could actually have a well and truly a strength here and, and you just couldn't I love how you cover your face there <laughs> you know so mm. seriously what do you think were your strengths that you did bring to this was it your eye was it the people was it the passion was it the meaning of the art you know because obviously you know some areas we don't have an aptitude and other other areas we do and we need to tap into them celebrate them pursue them I think was it the discovery I think I was lucky enough to to go to Europe, to go to England and Ireland. Yeah. And you discovered, you went to the museums, the art galleries, and you found the artist, and then you kept on discovering what different things were, you know, the history, and you think, oh, my God, this is an extraordinary world. And then you'd, when coming home, you'd go through India and Nepal and Thailand, and you you went to where, you know, humble lives that created the most extraordinary talented fabrics and so you studied people well it was and you just studied culture and you yeah, studied skills and passion and craft that's wonderful but you know can you say i'm good at that well she's covering her face again <laughs> no, it was just no, exciting but you know what? can we go back seriously from a psych perspective the fact that you struggle to say i'm good at something says everything about your childhood don't you Does agree it? absolutely <laughs> Absolutely. No, really. And, you know, going through your childhood saying, I'm the kid who can't do stuff. Well, it's because it was actually the um, the literary section of it. Just there was blocks. There was horrible blocks mm. and stigmas as well. And What's some would like? say that, you know, she could be a hairdresser or, you know, it's she's not capable of she's not capable of going to university or that university was the ultimate, you know, that's the most important thing you can do. I think anyone, whatever passion you have, that you follow a dream, if you're lucky enough to do it, but have the conviction of your heart and put as much into it to try and do it. If you don't try, you'll never know. Mm-hmm. So, Do you know what my, my read of you is that nursing to you was a validation of your intelligence? It was. Yes. That I was able to get there in the end. Yeah. And it was kind of like a hurrah, here we are, this is what mm. I can do. You know, like screw you all, I'm not that kid that you try to pigeonhole me or if you just didn't see me or didn't understand the intelligence behind the struggles with reading and writing. And do you, is that why you went and did nursing? Because to be frank, it, it wasn't a good match well, for you. I actually love um, helping people. Of course you do. You love people. It was yeah, and I I, I did nurse. I mean, I was a guide, and I actually at one stage I was a Queen's guide, 
So what you, does that mean? It means that you have to do um, Queen's Guard. Queen's Guard is Brownie or Queen's Guard is actually you have to do a huge number of different badges, like different. Okay, so this tests. is like a community group, like sc- like scouts, it, yeah, it's yeah, um, guide, brownies, it, guides. Yeah, okay, yeah, same thing. Got it, got it, got, got it. it. So, yeah, yep. um, it's internationally recognised. Sure. So, you, um, it's either about politics or oh, what else was it? Um, there was sewing, there was gardening, there was iron. I mean, all these different things that actually mounted up to actually say that. And there was walking and and yeah, um, camping. Yeah, it was all achievements, achievements yep. that you had to to get to, to actually there was a level you had to to meet. Yeah, and then um, in the end, to get a letter from the Queen saying, you know, you're you're internationally in this. Um, except yeah, yeah, it's yeah, yeah, you've yeah. Met, you've, you've matched, you've get, got to the, this level, you've hit yeah. the um the. Requirement, yeah. No, hit the requirement and yep. you're a Queen's Guide, so it's an international, so like, uh, um, you know, the Edinburgh, you know, Edinburgh yeah. Awards, similar to does, that. Does that link into nursing? Um, we actually, one of the things was a 40, 40 hour service badge, right? So you had to do servicing, and I went to the hospitals and I worked in at the Royal Brisbane, well, in a, a public hospital, yeah, um, within the wards, and I really enjoyed. But, but do you, I mean, you are fantastic. You've got a beautiful, beautiful heart. You're very nurturing, caring, do no harm. There's no question about that. And you working with people is fantastic. But to get into nursing specifically, do you know what I mean? Like it's an interesting choice. It's it's where there's lots of writing, there's mm. lots of notes, there's lots of reading, there's lots of tiny numbers. It, it just sounds it's like madness. sounds it's, like hell to me. It was hell. <laughs> <laughs> it was so, so I, create, I gave myself hell, but I suppose it was something I don't know. I actually, in the in the times I suppose when I was at school, it was teaching or nursing or just so kind of it, the thing you did. Well, it was kind of thing you did, but yeah, and the options I didn't really or hairdressing I didn't really want to do that. Um, but or building, but um, yeah, it or with your hands as well. But it was just. Yeah, it's kind of the... Th- I actually looked at one stage doing um, craft. It was a, um, a college, but it was weaving and dyeing and whatever, but to earn a living as yeah, well. That's what it was about, the dollar, to actually, yeah. Yeah. Well, it, you know, and it's a, it, it would be a very sensible decision to do nursing. Sensible, yes. <laughs> Mad, yes. So how did you get through nursing? Um, I got through nursing. I survived two years after I finished, so I did five years. Wow. And then I just realised I just um, enough was enough. And after my father dying, first year I just, life was, you know, life is short and I just thought I just couldn't cope. Yeah. Yeah. So you thought, no, did you have a bit of a moment of stop and recollect? I, I went away and I travelled for a while and then I thought, I need to change direction. Is that when you got into the art world? Um, that's when I travelled to discover it, yeah. That's wild. Mm. That is absolutely wild. So how did you go with the people in your world understanding you? So friends, family, you know, but they didn't have the language to understand what dyslexia was and you wanted them to understand you and you didn't understand yourself. So how does how did that play out? Um, I just kept... Um, I just had a mission, I suppose, to work towards. 
to to try and educate myself mm. to push, navigate push, push. Yep. to actually be able to maybe one day have a gallery or shop and work with extraordinary artists mm. and hopefully at the end you know have an income that would support me but I also did um, when I came back I I this same friend who um, got me through nursing was living in Sydney and which she said I was looking at jobs and I didn't really want to do hospital work sure and so to get a job nine to five not doing night duty it was there was nothing much around so um, Darryl chocolates was hysterical um, and I said well I've got a job in Darryl chocolates she said you are not going to wear a ribbon round your neck with a big bow <laughs> she said I can see you wearing red lipstick <laughs> so I actually she said you're coming to Sydney and anyway so I went moved um, cities I mm-hmm. packed my car up with a spinning wheel and a basket um, I drove out of um, the town I was in to a main city my mother got me out of the city and said oh well, there you go bye she jumped on a bus and came home and found my way south and um, went worked. to Sydney I went to Sydney and applied for jobs and I was a cleaner and then a nanny and then I saw this job and this fellow said well you know um, my kids need looking after in the afternoon and we need someone to cook and I said that's okay but he said that's not going to be enough to keep you and I said well I could find another job and he said that's okay I've got one for you he said I've got I'm building a theatre restaurant and the builder needs some help. And so they were converting um, a theatre restaurant, a, a funeral parlour. Of course. Into a theatre <laughs> restaurant, which was pretty extraordinary. So Actually, that's not a very nice idea at all. No, it's no, really interesting. I don't want to eat there. <laughs> <laughs> it was an amazing place. But he, used, he owned um, an extraordinary um, fun park. In Sydney, okay. and so and the chef was internationally recognised. So, so it was pretty. And to I had do. no idea who they were. <laughs> of course. So you went and helped out with setting up this restaurant. Well, I was working with a builder, mm-hmm. and yeah, that was pretty amazing. And in the end, I'd never worked with builders before. But you know, we were. You know, there was. You know, the whole basement that take the fridges were still where the coffins were with it boys were putting their lunches in there again not a good thing no not a good thing yeah did you get your breakfast do your lunch in that that had all gone by the the time (laughs) but then there was no intercom so you'd be yelling above and you'd be yelling below are you saying are you saying this links to the arts somehow well well the the theater was there that was like there was a theater company there and you know the restaurants were there too so and I was working then I you know when that finished I was working with the builders and they were incredibly supportive in the end. I mean, they all went on strike with me at one stage because, you know, one of the specs was wrong and the owner yelled at me and I burst into tears and, and they all walked off the job and went to the <laughs> pub and they rang the builder, the um, the master builder said, well, no-one's coming back to work until you, the owner, came up to personally apologise and then they'd come okay. up from the pub. Yep. There you go. And I had no idea. Let's <laughs> let's fast forward. Let's fast yeah. forward. So, let's talk a little bit about what your um, you know your your prized um, 
your work has been to have this art gallery. So it was, what was it linked with, the art gallery? <coughs> it was linked to a stone craft. Yeah. So I travelled um, Australia. Yeah. Um, I did, when I was down in Sydney, I went through a slide library and I found different artists that I went to visit um, through Queensland, New South Wales and Victoria and so, South Australia and went to visit them at home, look at their work and try and get a, a folio. And, um, so you had a very personal interface with the artist. I did. There's yep. a strength for you. That's not what most people do. Mm. So, so went I wanted to, to meet them mm. and to see their work or go to the galleries, see their work and then go and see them. So, um, and then create kind of a stable of people. Yeah. But also my philosophy was that um, an education of, from children, from five to whatever, to have a, a price budget that they could afford to buy a gift at five plus dollars. So making art accessible. Yeah, and educating them of handmade you know, beautiful things, but yeah, and not in you know not uh, mass produced, but yeah, from Very natural special. timbers, horn and silver and leather and wood and ceramics and textiles and yeah. See, these are your personal strengths. So very um, special. Yeah, and I loved meeting the artists, but also um, the clients were pretty special too and I still which is amazing still have links to a lot of them I'm sure you do so yeah. that's your point of difference hey that personal touch well whereabouts was that um, actual gallery um, it was in Brisbane yeah. yeah 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 there you go yeah so I landed the last place was at Botanical Gardens before I closed Botanical it. Gardens there you mm. go fantastic yeah. Brisbane Botanical Gardens mm. all right well what w- people are coming along um, discovering that they have dyslexia um, they're somewhere on their journey with having dyslexia. What do you think is is your take home? What do you wish someone had have come to you during those formative years, taken you by the hand and said, hey, it's going to be okay. You know, you do become a stronger person through this. What What do you think would be that guidance? What do you, what, what is the message there? Um, I think the message is that you're not on your own. Right. That other people have this um, issue I think um, it's 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 like any disease. It's like um, asthma. It could be mental health, um, schizophrenia, or um, asthma, diabetes. Yeah. Everyone has has a challenge, a, a label, a label. Okay. Um, but one should look beyond that and not categorize it as such, and support them. For who they are and not not the label so um and yeah because it's one it's one element of your life isn't it's, it it doesn't it's, it doesn't equal who you are it doesn't no, equal your identity but you and all actually, your other strengths yeah but you know you, it made me feel incredibly um underrate myself confidence wasn't particularly high yeah um even yeah it was just what what you uh, not to be on the cool set which was fine but you just you just struggled the whole way through to actually get to the end and it was just yeah 
Do you know the tragedy I see in this? I see that you have, firstly, who cares about achieving anything, to be honest? Being a beautiful person is what matters, and you've got that. And you've well and truly established yourself in the creative world, and there's many people that would know your name and would have had exquisite experiences with you, and you've had a very long legacy with that. So the real tragedy is that you still have the shadow of your childhood, so you can't celebrate that fully. Well... Do you think? Um, I think I've probably moved on from that. But uh, and do you, you get know, what I mean? I do, but it's taken a long time. Yeah, it's Work in st- progress? It's, it's still working. It, it never stops. Yeah. But I think also, too, the tools that we have now... Um, I think with the computers, with the apps that we have, with, you know, the, you know, even with the computers, actually, you have a spell check and it throws it at you, it highlights the words, you think, oh, you know, it's... it's the technology the today technology helps today, enormously, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, you can even talk to it and yeah. it can write for you. Yeah. So there's so it's much wonderful. more that, you know, that we didn't have when we were growing up. Mm. So in the past... People these days are yeah. uh, well ahead from... When you went through the education world, yeah. Yeah, and understood so much more from what was, yeah, yeah, history. Yeah, well, Mm. thank you so much for coming in. I really appreciate it. And it's been great to go through the whole story. That's too kind. Appreciate it. Thank thank you, you. darling. Thank you very much. (laughs) And everybody, you can jump on my website. We've got a brand new website. It's very pretty, kirstenhunterauthor.com. Facebook and Instagram handle, Kirsten Hunter Author. Uh, Twitter, Kirsten Hunter AU. We've got YouTube, Psych in Your Car. Did you know we've got YouTube? We do. And um, here we are, podcast. <laughs> uh, signpost for Living with Dr. Kirsten Hunter. Thanks, everybody. We'll catch you later.